So once again, can we honor Anna Smiley? I was in the secret place a lot <laughs> for this. Joe will tell you. <laughs> um, so I felt like God gave me a scripture for um, blazing fire. And it is let your, uh, Colossians 4, 6. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so you may know how to answer everyone. And seasoned in the Oxford Dictionary, the meaning is having a lot of experience in a particular activity. But the thing with blazing fire is we have a lot of experience in many activities. Uh, Some of them is worship, intercessory worship, soaking in God's presence, praying for the sick, prophetic ministry, prophetic art, dream teams, home groups, and those are just to name a few. So, and salt in the Greek means prudence, which is the ability to be wise in practical affairs. And I see that here. I want to just say a little bit about... um, One of the times that I met Suzanne um, was at a um, prayer meeting um, called, I think, Moms of Mercy, right? Yeah. Moms of Mercy. No, no, no. Moms of Prayer um, when our kids were at Valley Christian. And one of the gifts the lady who hosted it gave to us is she would have someone come at Christmas and... Um, it was Bob Johnson, and he would uh, speak into our lives. And, um, and so he said to me, he goes, you know, there's this movie, and uh, there's this farm boy, and I just feel like, I'm, I'm th- he's thinking about the movie, and I knew right away it was Princess Bride. And he goes, yeah, yeah, that's it. He goes, God is going to give you that in your life. You're going to have true love. And that was... Oh, maybe three or four years before I met Joe. And, but it was really um, a special time. And uh, uh, just being a part of this fellowship, I remember um, when Sarah was a sophomore, my oldest, and uh, we were having a few issues, you know, a teenager. And I was a single mom. And so we had Todd come to the house and help us uh, and just chat with us. And I want you to know that, and I've told Todd this, uh, I think, one other time, but just that even from that, we only had to meet with him once. (laughs) Hallelujah. But I don't care if it was more. I'm I'm not, no shame in growing. But he said, he said, um, there shouldn't be anger in the house and there shouldn't be yelling. Um, and he said, you know, when you have issues with each other, why don't you speak what, even what you don't see over them, speak prophetically, you know, be kind and use kind words. And, um, I have kept everything that he said and have, uh, 
really kept that in my heart and it has helped me to be a better mom and a stepmom as well. And so I appreciate that, 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 um, stuck. <laughs> and, uh, uh, another thing was, um, one time when the renewal was really hitting blazing and the young people, we, uh, they were always sprawled out, falling out at the altars. And one of them was at church on the hill. And I remember Brent was trying to speak preach up there and some of us in the back right side were just going like this and he he didn't see us yet but he's like up there going and then he goes stop (laughs) wait (laughs) and it was just so fun to be able to be free in your church where you could just let the holy spirit move and enjoy god i learned how to enjoy god and um over the last five years um We've been the primary, I've been the primary caregiver for my mom who's had dementia. My mom had eight children. I'm number seven. I remind her that every day, that I'm her favorite and she never caved once. (laughs) But um, the one thing I found through listening to a, a tape on healing that someone loaned me from here is that, um, you can obtain trauma from being with someone who's sick and you don't know how they're doing or what's next. And so I want you to know that during this sabbatical that um, actually it was after it, but I got a hold of that and really gave the Lord any trauma that I had. And um, I will have to say that in five years, I may have had seven bad days watching after watching and looking after my mom it was an honor and there was amazing grace and now she has amazing caregivers um over her um that give her that love her and um you can't ask for anything more so i have great memories at blazing (laughs) great times of his presence and his spirit so yes we will you will see us um, so my sister Vicky, she's a case manager for Kaiser down south. And, you know, I was sitting there thinking, case manager, manager, man. And I was talking to her and I go, Vicky, you're a manager. Why is the name man in it? It's like man, a It's like you buy something and they give you a manual to learn how to use it. And then you eat a mango fruit. It should, you know. <laughs> And and if that isn't enough, at Christmas, we sing away in a manger. (laughs) Okay, it's away in a manger. But anyway, um, she gets my jokes. Anyway, um, yeah, (laughs) that was free. (laughs) And... Oh, anyway, one of the times that I was, uh, like I said, I feel God wants to season us. And um, one of the, uh, that's one thing I've learned here through the prophetic and through being on the prayer teams is learning how to hear when to speak, when not to speak. There's such a grace to do that, that it carries over when you're at work and when you're out and about in the community. And one very powerful moment I had um, it was like a week before we took our break. I was shopping with my sister at Macy's and um, 
when I'm shopping, you know, I'm not looking for an encounter or to talk to someone because I don't take that much time to go shopping. So I want to really enjoy it. And so we're, we're there and I'm, um, you know, I'm like, Gina, will you do my return for me? I come back and I see the lady, her name is Maria and God starts talking to me for her. And I'm just like family. Hmm. So anyway, I, I tried to talk to her and it was like, it almost didn't happen because she was preoccupied. And I, I, I looked at her and I said, I just feel like God's telling me that family is really important to you. And he wants you to know that, um, he doesn't want you to worry and he cares about you. And she stops breathing and <laughs> she like, <gasps> and I'm like, Oh no, what did I say? And she composed herself and she said, I spent all night singing to my Jesus. She, um, she goes to a Catholic church in San Leandro and she says, everything you just told me, a new coworker who started yesterday told me word for word what you just said to me. And uh, I was like, wow. And I said to Maria, do you see how much Jesus loves you? That he would send someone to tell you again how much he loves you. And anyway, Maria may come sometime. I've told her about blazing, told, told her where it's at. And um, I've been back one time to see her. And she took a second. And then she goes, oh, I remember. And we both felt the Holy Spirit inside Macy's on the second floor with such power. She goes, what is that? I go, that's Jesus. And it's real. And so anyway, that's one thing we've learned here is how to be seasoned. So, oh, did it come up? Oh, there it is. So when you look at this flower, you can see that there's water on it. And the water hits some petals, but some petals get more water. Some get drenched and some get a sprinkle. The rain of God's spirit is here. Don't be afraid to get wet. The, the water here will nourish you and feed your spirit. And remember that some get crushed. When the flowers get crushed, I don't mean God crushing you, but when we get crushed through life and through our, some of our trials, it releases an amazing aroma. Okay. This is garlic. The garlic bulb has a white skin that protects the bulb and the cloves, but it must be peeled off so the aroma can come forth. Garlic adds a great flavor to food. Some like it and some don't. <clears throat> and then if you use a garlic press, when you, uh, which I use a lot, I have two <laughs> um, <laughs> for each hand, one for each hand, just kidding. So with the garlic press, <laughs> um, when you, it, what's great is you don't have to peel the clove if you use a garlic press. And um, it also is a mood elevator. Um, Well, if you're feeling down and you like garlic, it can be a mood elevator. Okay. And then the last um, thing I want to talk about is salt. Salt brings out the flavor of food. But the one thing I felt God wanted to give us tonight is sea salt. 
because he wants to increase your ability here to see things. And it's first for yourself, and then it's for others. He wants to season you with salt so you can increase your capacity to reach the lost in your family, at work, and in your community. So what do these three things have in common? All three can be made into an oil and used to heal the body. They can enhance the flavor of our food. And as all three are crushed, they release an aroma. You can change the atmosphere. Allow God to season you and release you in a fresh aroma of the Holy Spirit. And so I want to ask God to do that right now. And I'm under time. Woohoo! Okay, that's good. Lord, I ask you to increase um, people's ability to see. To see what you want to show them first about themselves. And that um, happens in our soaking, which is worshiping you. And just being still, I ask you to cause them to have that salt, to have that aroma in their life that they will know how to answer people. They will know what to say. And Father, that um, what's also great is all three are used for healing, Lord. And I thank you that you want to release healing in blazing fire. You want to release it in a greater capacity and in a greater measure. And I'm so thankful for all the people you've healed and are going to heal. You're so good, Lord. Thank you, Father. All right. Thank you, Anna. Um, I felt like tonight I needed to be vulnerable with everyone and be transparent and share uh, some of my experience. I'm going to share a scripture verse that... uh, it's very difficult for me to process. We're going to read uh, the story, the parable in Matthew chapter 18, verses 23 through 35, um, and then just share what happened to me, some uh, healing and deliverance that I got um, on our sabbatical, and then have some application to us here tonight. All right, Matthew chapter 18, 23 through 35, and these are the words of Jesus. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a human king who wished to settle accounts with his attendants. When he began, began the accounting, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents, probably about $10 million. And because he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and his children and everything that he possessed and payment to be made. So the attendant fell on his knees begging him, have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And his master's heart was moved with compassion, and he released him and forgave him, canceling his debt. But that same attendant, as he went out, found one of his fellow attendants who owed him a 100 denarii, about $20. And he caught him by the throat and said, pay what you owe. So his fellow attendant fell down and begged him earnestly, Give me the time, and I will pay you all. 
But he was unwilling, and he went out and had him put in prison till he should pay the debt. When his fellow attendants saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed, and they went and told everything that had taken place to their master. Then his master called him and said to him, You contemptible and wicked attendant, I forgave and canceled all that great debt of yours because you begged me to, and should not you have had pity and mercy on your fellow attendant? as I had pity and mercy on you. And, it, and in wrath, his master turned him over to the torturers, the jailers, till he should pay all that he owed. So also my heavenly Father will deal with every one of you if you do not freely forgive your brother from your heart his offenses. Hard words from Jesus, but he's teaching us a very important principle that I had to learn, that we're always learning, I think. Um, it does feel like torture when you harbor unforgiveness. Is that true? Can somebody attest to that? And I think that's because the Holy Spirit is working in us to free us. Because Jesus paid a very high price for us to be free, right? For whom the Son sets free is free indeed. So if we're harboring unforgiveness, um, it will feel like torture. And I've had to deal with that uh, recently. And over the sabbatical, you know, it's amazing when you rest and you start listening to the Lord and listening to the Holy Spirit and start listening to my, my own heart. Like, what do I really feel and think inside of my core, who I am as a man, as a human being? And the Lord took me <laughs> back uh, to a place and I just want to be vulnerable with you guys, um, where there was a violation when I was a young boy, and I've been carrying the shame probably for 40 years of my life, um, since I was probably five or six years old. And, you know, shame is that feeling that something's wrong with you, that you're bad, like guilt means you feel bad because you did something wrong, right? But shame is like you are bad. So I've had this gnawing, egging, like sour place in my soul that I was harboring unforgiveness, and I had to go back. And um, I didn't need Russ or Susan, <laughs> although you can use other people if you're going to do a sozo or heart sink. And it was just me and the Holy Spirit and Jesus and the Father just going back to a time that I really had to reconnect with myself and forgive the adults in my life who um, were a part of this and also to forgive myself. Um, shame is terrible. I don't know if anybody in here has dealt with shame. Most people do from time to time. But the Proverbs say that shame actually caused rottenness in your bones. Like, it will deteriorate your health. It's, it's so deeply rooted in us if we believe it and come into agreement with it that, that our physical bodies will start to deteriorate. And so connected with that, I've had this reoccurring dream. It's amazing how God speaks in dreams for, for years that I committed a murder. And it used to freak me out because, okay, I'm a school teacher. I've been doing this for 22 years as an educator. And in my dream, it was so real. I committed this murder. I killed this young boy. And in my neighborhood, I'd walk around, and the police would be looking for the perpetrator. 
And I would be all freaked out, like someone's going to find me because I think I'm the one who did it. And so God was really trying to, to get my attention that uh, I was the one who did this. You know, I was holding myself captive. I was uh, holding myself in a place of unforgiveness that he was not holding me. And so I had to... I had to free up this unforgiveness, forgive myself and forgive um, the adults in my life at that time. Also, you know, the last eight years here, we know the scriptures that say deep calls out unto deep, right? God, he paid a very high price for us. I mean, he, he wants our deep hearts. He wants our deep souls. He wants transformation at the deepest core of us. And so, I guess about eight years ago, um, this guy that we met from another state who was, who was preaching, in fact, Todd, you were leading worship that night. I don't know if you remember Billy Klikas. Remember Billy from, I don't know, he's from Colorado. Awesome Greek man. You remember him? Anyway, it's about eight years ago, and he calls me out. He doesn't know me, and he says, the Lord has called you into deep, deep, deep places. And he names this instrument, this medical surgical tool that you do deep surgery with. He goes, do you know what that means? He goes, I said, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. But he says he's calling you to go to those deep places. And, and I realized, well, you know, it wasn't just for me. It's for all of us. You know, it's that idea that when you allow God to go deep into your heart and soul and do some deeper level healing, then you can offer that to someone else. That's the way the kingdom moves. Um, so like what we've been sharing, um, our encouragement to everyone is that, you know, God is calling us from, you know, growing from one level of glory to the next, one level of strength to the next, one level of faith to the next. So my question is, and, you know, I'm not here to, you know, peer into your personal life, but God is, right? He has that permission. Is there any unforgiveness that you're harboring? It could be towards yourself. It could be towards a spouse. It could be towards an ex. Um, it could be towards your boss, a supervisor, a friend, a family member, where you've been offended and you've been violated and you're still holding that deep down inside. Um, God wants us free. Obviously, Jesus used very strong language. He wants us free from those things. And so, um, in just a minute, I just want to pray. And again, it's just it's it's a private, personal thing for you and the Lord. Um, I sense maybe that some of us in here have experienced uh, spiritual abuse from other churches where there's been some violations, there's been some unhealthy behaviors or a religious spirit that didn't promote growing in grace, didn't promote being yourself before the Lord and before people. Um, so can we pray right now? And if that's you, this is your time. It's with you and Jesus. So Lord Jesus, we're in your presence. We come before you. We realize right now, we confess that you paid a very high price for each one of us. 
Um, certainly a price that we could not pay or any other human being on the earth could pay to redeem our souls, to set us free, to bring grace and healing and forgiveness to the deepest parts of who we are. Our spirit, our soul, our hearts into our bodies. And so right now, Holy Spirit, we want that supernatural power And even if we don't feel like it, we want to grant forgiveness. We want to cancel the debt towards ourselves or towards any person on this planet that has offended us, that has violated us, where there's pain and hurt and that gnawing feeling inside. We just enter into forgiveness. And you tell us to forgive freely just as Jesus Christ has forgiven yourself. And then Jesus, if there's any shame inside of us, any condemnation, if we're holding ourselves in a place of torment and being captive, imprisoned, um, we renounce that. We want to be set free because you said whom the sun sets free is free indeed and that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We believe you took it all on the cross. You dealt with it once and for all. And so, Lord, we receive grace. We receive love. Grace for grace. It keeps flowing. We receive that ability to start from the place that we've already won because you finished the race for us. Now we get to walk in that victory, walk in that newness, walk in that healthiness, Lord. And for our bodies to heal tonight, all our cells to rejuvenate and to come into vitality and wholeness, we receive everything you have for us tonight, Jesus. Thank you, Father. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Okay, so we're, we're just going to continue here um, in the Lord's presence. Do you want to go first? Okay, so we have a, a few prophetic words we want to give to the body here, to this church. All right, so as we were praying and, you know, just thinking about the context of who we are here as Blazing Fire um, and the new season that we're heading into, but I think also the new season that Blazing Fire is heading into. It's exciting stuff coming. Um, What I sensed immediately is, and I mean, this is obvious, but just to say it again (laughs) for the wow factor, like this is real. Um, Blazing Fire, this is a house of healing, okay? Anytime you have God's transforming presence, people are going to be touched and healed. And so I want to encourage um, all of you to keep bringing people into this presence, into this church. Invite people because God is is moving in this um, Tri-Valley City region. One thing that um, maybe you know, maybe you don't know, but Brent and Suzanne are uh, very apostolic in this region. Okay, they are the longest standing pastors in the Tri-Valley. 
Okay, so they carry an anointing to lead other pastors in this area. Brent meets with, I don't know how many other churches, but to bring unity, to bring focus, to really see what Jesus wants to do to be accomplished in this area. Um, so there's a level of spiritual maturity here, and I know that's why a lot of us drive long distances to come here. I mean, let's just keep it real, because you have, you have leadership that are very mature, that want you to be yourself, to come into God's presence and start experiencing his love, his grace, his mercy, because it is transforming. It cannot be transforming, right? It has to be. Anytime, you know, when we read the scriptures, anytime Jesus was on the scene, someone was getting saved, someone was getting healed, someone was, was being delivered, they were being transformed. They were given new life. Second thing is um, the Mark 2.22 passage. I think it's also for blazing fire that Jesus is pouring new wine into new wineskins. So, you know, I think in that reference, obviously, he was talking about putting the Holy Spirit into a container, you know, for us, um, you know, being born again, being saved. But he's always taking us from glory to glory, from strength to strength, faith to faith. So there's a new anointing to carry this, um, this healing that's coming, that's going to continue to come. And so um, let me just read what I wrote here. I'm a teacher, so sometimes I just write it when I see it or think it. Um, you and I can only give what we have received from the Lord. God is going to take each person who calls this house home to go deeper into levels of healing in their spirits, souls, their deep emotional hearts, and in their bodies. God is giving Blazing Fire a new wineskin to contain new wine, that new and fresh anointing for healing and deliverance in many people's lives. So it's that idea we really can only give what we have, but if we keep going for it, we get more, right? And then we can give more. So it's, it's just that encouragement to keep going. And then number three, Revelation 22.2. For some reason, this scripture just jumped out. I haven't read it in a long time, but... Uh, it says there's a tree in heaven for the healing of the nations, right? And I wrote, just knowing this region and knowing what's happening with Dr. Susan Richards, this is what came to my spirit. Healing will continue to flow miraculously and naturally in a wholesome fashion here at Blazing Fire and with Dr. Susan Richards' training and healing seminar starting in January 2017, and Brent will share more on that. Blazing Fire Church is a catalyst to bring healing into the East Bay region. I mean, think about the, the different nationalities that are represented here in the East Bay. It, really, the nations have come to the East Bay. Uh, I see Blazing Fire as a healing and wellness equipping center to gather the churches and provide healing to the nations. So that's all coming. And we're excited because we do want to be a part of that, you know, as we can. So two more things. I'm turning it over to my wife. She's giving me that look. So, so for the body, um, I kind of felt like for this part, can we stand up for a minute? Just kind of change it up a little bit. 
what I have found is to engage in your own healing process with what Jesus wants to do for you, everything he paid for you and I, it takes courage. Okay, it takes being willing to be vulnerable, to be intentional, to take a risk, to be transparent. And I, believe me, I'm the last person to do this, which is probably why I'm sharing about it. I do not want to open my soul up completely and be exposed. But Jesus died on a cross for me to do that because he wants me free. And if I'm going to help someone else out, then I got to go there and receive that. So what I want to do is I want to release the courage for everyone here to engage intentionally in your own healing process so that you can engage in the healing process of others to appropriate grace into every area of our lives, of your life, that you and I would stop performing, stop striving, and trying to prove something to God that we would just receive, be vulnerable. If, if there's any uh, victimization or orphan spirit, that we just get rid of that. Because the King of Kings is on our sides. We are victors now. We are not the victims. We are victors. We have incredible authority. And then I also want to release a spiritual tenacity. Why that word came to me, I haven't thought about that word in a long time. But a, but a spiritual tenacity means to firmly grip something and hold on to it, like hold on to it with your life, to be determined, to be persistent. If, if Jesus is offering grace, then I want to get it. I want to get it. And so I release a spiritual tenacity to get what Jesus paid for on the cross for yourself, for your family, for the community you live in, your church home, people at work, your neighbors, that you will get set free and I will get set free and then we will be used to set others free. So we receive that, Jesus, in your name. Amen.